This week, I am so excited. We're opening up Master Your Golf Brain Workshop for juniors. It opens up on Saturday. Registration is open right now. You can find the link in the description, but this is a four-part live workshop for juniors on learning how to master their golf brain so they can take more of their talent out there so they can gain that mental strength to take their game to the next level. If you know any juniors in your life who might be interested, make sure you send them to the link that's in the show notes below. And starting later in August, I have one for adults, no juniors allowed. So that one's coming up a little bit later in August and you can look for that in some of the upcoming podcasts. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. my golf friend. Welcome back to Above Par. It's nice to have you here. The Olympics are going on. I don't know. Are y'all watching them? I got to tell you, I'm kind of like in and out. <laughs> I turn them on. I turn them off. If I'm waking up in the middle of the night, I turn them on. I enjoy them. I enjoy the swimming for sure. I enjoy watching the golf. There's so much story around the Olympics. I love watching all the athletes. I know how much time they put in. I know they've gone through so much through all of COVID. You can see the wear and tear on them, especially in the interviews and people dropping out of competitions or just being so relieved when it's all over. We can't appreciate what they've gone through if we haven't put ourselves in their shoes. We don't understand all the preparation and the time that they put into performing in the Olympics and then have that moment come to fruition. And then no gallery, right? No family around. It's just such a different environment. So I appreciate everything they've gone through, which leads me into the conversation I want to have today, which is, is golf really 99% mental? Now, if you're sitting there saying, where the heck did I come up with that number? <laughs> it's pretty well known. Jack Nicholas has said in his book, My Way, don't ever try and tell me that golf is not 99.9% .9 mental. His instructor, Jim Flick, who I used to work for in the Nicholas Flick Golf Schools, has said that golf is 90% mental and the other 10% is mental, <laughs> which is a lot of mental. I also saw another quote from Jack, which he kind of came back and recalibrated it and said that golf is 80% mental, 10% ability, and 10% luck. I kind of like that one. I like that the luck is added in there. I think there's more than 1% ability involved. That's kind of my favorite numbers and percentages so far. But of course, unless you're Chi Chi Rodriguez, do you guys remember him? He was the guy who used to putt and turned his putter into a sword. He was very charismatic and entertaining, but he made the quote that golf is 95% mental and 35% psychological. <laughs> I don't even know. I hope he was joking and didn't do that one on purpose, which brought me to a Yogi Berra quote, which of course he was talking about baseball, but he said 90% of the game is half mental. <laughs> Just classic Yogi Berra quotes. I love all of them. So funny. But so let's talk about it. Is golf really 99% mental? And this is the thing. I've gotten into debates with people about this. 
who have argued with me when I talk about what I do and I help people with the mental game and they're like, why does it matter? Like, geez, just go out and play golf and have fun. Why is everybody caring so much? And that's the point, isn't it? It's like when golf is not a hobby, or let me rephrase that, when golf is a hobby, you go out with a couple beers and you're out there goofing off and you really don't care about the consequence or the outcome. You're not putting any pressure on your game. You're not risking any failure in that when you're going out there and playing. When it's a hobby, it doesn't seem so mental. We can look at that when we go and look at the Olympics and we look at all the sports that are played that are like hobbies to you and I, badminton, (laughs) ping pong, which is actually very hard for me to watch. I'm like, what are they doing? (laughs) Ping pong, skateboarding. Okay. I actually had this conversation with my brother. I'm like, he said he doesn't think that he could make it across the room on a skateboard. I'm not even sure I could stand on a skateboard. That's like not my thing. Those kids are like 13, 14 and 15 competing in that, but that's an Olympic sport that most people would play as a recreation and tell you that it's not very mental. Volleyball, that's another one. Golf for many people is not a sport. It's just a recreation or a hobby. And that's because we don't have a whole lot of weight in the meaning of the results that happens, right? The more that we care about the game and the results, the more we fine tune it, I promise you those Olympic athletes are going to tell you that volleyball and badminton and ping pong is mental. I gotta tell you, ping pong looks way more mental than I ever thought it could be. As long as they stand over those serves. I was watching these two guys from China competing against each other. They have a very interesting way of setting up their serves. So it looked very mental to me. So the more that we fine tune and get more engaged in the results, we're putting more on the line. We care and it becomes way more mental. I was out having lunch one time and they had cornhole championship on TV, like professional cornhole. Like we play cornhole and we're pretty competitive in my house, I must say. I don't really do things and not care about my results so much. So I try and when I get around some other members of my family, we really try. Now we just took a hobby and now we made it a profession. I don't know if they win money or what happens, but I was watching it on TV. There's a whole different technique to it. They do like a discus throw in their cornhole toss. I'm like totally underhand. I think if I did a discus throw, I I could throw it sideways. I'm not sure that method would work for me. It's kind of like beer pong. This one Thanksgiving, we were playing beer pong with all the kids. My brother has triplets and another younger daughter. She was not playing beer pong. And there wasn't beer involved in all of this. It was just the the cups were filled with water kind of thing. But neither one of us should be very good at beer pong. In my day and age, the drinking game was quarters. I don't even think the kids know what quarters are anymore in college. But meanwhile, we bring out those mental techniques and skills that we've learned from competing. And of course, we're competitive that we want to beat the college kids. And they they should be much better because they practice and play much more than we do. It was pretty entertaining to watch my brother play beer pong for sure. A guy who probably has played like five times ever and he he beat them. It's pretty funny. But anyway, my point is, is that we're taking these sports, we're taking a sport that some people treat as a hobby. And then of course, it's not very mental. But when you take it up to the level where the meaning of the results matters to you, it becomes more mental. So let me talk about what happens when you start caring about the results. You wake your brain up. You wake the primitive part of your brain up that thinks there's a problem. What's happening is we're constantly fighting our natural tendency of our brain. We go into a fight or flight mode. We're constantly fighting that. Most people who don't focus on their mental game are kind of like, what the heck is going on? Where people who are very fine-tuned on the mental part of the game, who are trying to take their game to the next level, start anticipating what's going on in their brain, and then they have some tactics to counter that. But 
what's going on is you've gotten yourself over a shot where you've wakened your brain up. I call them hamster thoughts in the back of your brain. So you've kind of rattled the cage of hamsters in the back of your brain. And now all of a sudden, all these thoughts are going on and these emotions start coming up and you can get into this little bit of a fight or flight mode. The anxiety comes up. And when that happens, we don't focus very well. We're not using the front part of our brain where we make good decisions. And so we stand over the shot and we're like going, what the heck just happened? Like, who was that person who just hit this shot? And now you feel like there's something totally wrong with you. You're like, what happened? Why can't I do this on the golf course? Like, what's wrong with me? And then we beat ourselves down. There's something wrong with us. We shame ourselves and blame ourselves for not having more mental strength to take it out to the golf course. When you understand what's going on in your brain, what you're doing when you're going into competition and making it mean something is you are waking up that natural tendency in your brain to keep you safe. Your brain is sitting there going, whoa, whoa, we got a problem going on here. You're getting a little bit too into this, right? There's a little bit of a risk involved in here and I want to keep you safe. So your brain is going to go on high alert into this little fight or flight mode. The thoughts start coming up, all these negative thoughts, these crazy thoughts that you're like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I thinking this thought? You'll start seeing things that you never see on a hole before. I have clients who come up to me, they're like, well, I was doing really good. Then all of a sudden I was like, don't hit it out of bounds right here. And I'm like, well, what did you do? They're like, I hit it out of bounds, right? I'm like, yeah. Your brain fed you this thought and we bought into it and we got nervous. Next thing you know, your body's making a swing or a move over the golf ball. You're like, why did I do that? I haven't done that in forever. Once you know that you're fighting your own brain, your own brain's tendencies, you can start building the skills to start counteracting that. One of the most valuable things for you to know is it's totally natural what your brain is doing. It's just doing what it's supposed to do and try and keep you safe. So then after all that is done and we go out there and we play and we hit these crazy shots, what am I doing? I'm not even thinking, who is this person that's on the golf course? Then all of a sudden we're trying to maintain our confidence. Then you're like, I don't even know what's gonna come off the face. I don't know what kind of swing I'm gonna make. I trust nothing, I have no confidence. Have you ever had this happen? Or you step in a hole and your mind starts pulling up all these memories from the past. Don't you remember, you hit in the water here like three years ago, yesterday. 1991, you hit in the water here, your brain will pull that up as a reminder to try and keep you safe because it hurts so much emotionally when you did it last time. It's like, well, don't repeat that. Let me just refresh your memory on what happened last time when you were here. And we're trying to sit there and make all those thoughts go away. We don't want to listen to them. We don't want to see those memories. We don't want to hear the words that we're saying. We don't want to feel all those emotions. But all that's happening is you've put yourself in the ring of fire. You're trying more, you care more, the results matter to you in a way that your brain is just lighting on fire, you're shaking the hamster cage. And the goal is to try and just calm the hamster cage down. That's the tools and the tactics. And not to be surprised when the cage gets rattled. So let me give you an example. Let's talk about a three foot putt. You're just playing for fun and you have a three foot putt. You might not even might not even putt it, right? You might pick it up, might give it to yourself. You might whack it in with one hand. You might backhand it in, no problem. Piece of cake, probably make them most of the time, right? Otherwise on the putting green, you'd make 90% of these putts. No big deal. Now let's say you're playing in a little friendly match and there's a little money on the line, a couple bucks, no big deal, right? Now you might mark the ball and get the mud off of it (laughs) and then knock it in and hope that they give it to you, right? Most of the time when you're playing these little friendly matches, there's a lot of given putts back and forth. Now let's up the level a little bit. Let's say you're playing in a tournament and you have a three foot putt. The stakes are a little bit higher. The the risk is a little bit higher. So now you're gonna mark the ball. You clean the ball. You might even put it down and go through your pre-shot routine. 
up one level is it's for the win and there's a crowd or a gallery or people from the club on the back of the green watching. Now you mark the ball, you go through your pre-shot routine and your hamster cage is rattled. All of a sudden, all these emotions are coming up. All these thoughts, like don't miss it. Don't miss it in front of all these people. This would be embarrassing. This is for the win. I really need to make this. All these thoughts that you totally did not have when you're playing in that casual round, backhanding that putt in, now pop up because that situation changed. That, my friend, is mental. That's why the game is mental. That's why tour players and players like Jack Nicklaus say that it's mental because they're not playing golf at the level of the person who's backhanded their three-footer in. They're not playing golf at the level of just a friendly match over two bucks where maybe I'll still try and hit the putt in with uh, a little mud on the ball. Right? They're playing at a level that puts a lot more pressure on their game and where the results matter to them. That is what wakens up the hamster cage. That is what puts us into that flight or flight. That's what gets our emotions going and our thoughts going. And that's where they have to tap into those skills on managing those thoughts, not making it mean anything, knowing it's totally natural for them to pop up, but knowing how to counteract it, to calm themselves down, to tap into their confidence, to creating their calm on purpose. Sometimes they can tap into that because they've been through it so many times. They can tap into that, all those skills, because they are constantly challenging themselves and pushing their game to a new level, trying to become a better version of themselves. They're not playing cornhole just to kind of toss the ball around and have a couple beers. They're playing cornhole to win. When I played golf for a living, I was playing in tournaments to make enough money for gas to get to the next tournament or just to pay for a hotel or dinner. I mean, that's really what I thought about. I was playing for gas money. That's a lot of pressure, actually. That's a different kind of pressure than you're used to putting on your golf game. And when you do that, the game becomes very mental. And like I said, if you don't have the skills and the tactics to quiet your brain down over shots that mean a lot to you, that matter to you, then what happens is they affect your body and your ability to swing. And then what you produce over the golf ball is sometimes astonishing. Right? <laughs> like, where the heck did that come from? So if you question whether the game is 90% mental, then perhaps you're not trying to challenge yourself enough. I would suggest that you up your level a little bit. Sign up for a tournament that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Play with a group of people that makes you uncomfortable. Play at a time that makes you uncomfortable. Start upping the level. Maybe finish out every putt is enough to make some people focus a little bit more. Really, really, really keep your score. <laughs> no gimmies, no mulligans. Challenge yourself by trying to get to maybe a different handicap level. These are the ways that you challenge yourself so that you can start feeling that mental pressure. There is nothing wrong with it. I think it's a way that for you to have growth and develop as a human, right? To see what you're capable of. What happens so often is that when our brain starts getting a little crazy and our emotions are all over the place, we freak out and we say that there's something wrong and then we retreat. We go back to where we were last comfortable. Or sometimes we quit playing altogether. I say challenge yourself, step up a little bit. What are you willing to try and do and challenge your brain? There's nothing that's going on. I promise you everybody is going through the same things in their head. They're working against their natural tendencies of their brain, trying to tell them that there's something going on that's wrong, that they're in danger, and we have to fight that. We have to acknowledge it and we have to work through it and we have to get ourselves into that state where we wanna be in. That's a skill. It takes practice and rehearsing. So if you play competitively and you push yourself to win and you push yourself to go to the next level, I'm just asking you to be kind to yourself. Understand that you, this is what your brain is doing. 
It's doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's designed to tell you that there's a problem and you're in danger, but really there is no danger. And we have to fight that. We have to fight that natural tendency. We have to acknowledge it's there. And then we want some tools and tactics to help us redirect our brain, to get ourselves back to focusing so that we can show up the best way that we can. So when you're going through this and you have some stumbles along the way where you hit some shots, you're like, oh, what the heck was that? Who was that person? And then you beat yourself up. I just want you to have a little compassion for yourself. It is all part of the process. Even the best athletes in the world stumble mentally. It is an ever going process. As long as you are growing, you are always going to challenge your brain. So just be a little bit kind to yourself. All right, my friend, I hope you have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next time.